is to go outside Amen. when it's dark and look at the few measly stars we can see in Houston and read those words. Wow. Uh, this afternoon, Brother Stan is going to be preaching. He's got one hot and ready, and he had one hot and ready last week, I think, uh, but they wasn't feeling up for it. So, uh, But it's a blessing to have Brother Stan. He's a friend and a good member, faithful member of this church, and I'm excited to hear uh, him preach. So come on, Brother Stan. Thank you, Pastor Derek. Uh, since everybody's on the move today, 20 minutes with Pastor Darren and uh, a short song for uh, Eric. I've got a basketball game to watch at 2.30, so see if we can get this in 10 minutes. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just joking. It, it is a game, but uh, see, maybe if I were to preach last week, then I could skip today's church and be watching the game. But the Lord worked it out that I was sick, so I had to preach today. Got to miss the game. Okay. Um, His eyes are on you is is the the title of the message. That's not the verse I'm going to be preaching from, but uh, I just gave Bob the name, and he tied uh, a verse with it. But... um, you know, there are some verses in, in, in the Bible where you hear it and you don't really think much of it or how deep or how rich that verse can be. Uh, you know, there's a lot of richness in Jesus wept. Yeah. But with this verse, I uh, got a hold to before I was even a Christian. Uh, this, this, this guy shared it with me. It's uh, 2 Chronicles 16.9. It's for the eyes of the Lord goes through and forth throughout the whole world to show himself perfect in behalf of them whose hearts are perfect towards him. And this particular verse is around the time, it's in the Old Testament, when you had the wicked king Ahab and he had converted the Israelites over into worshiping Baal. And then on top of that, when he when he he got an alliance with Sidon and married Jezebel, that made it even worse because her main goal was to convert all of them to trusting in Baal. But even though God has chosen Israel for his elect nation, he's always been concerned with the entire world. And uh, even though they had changed and started worshiping false gods, but there's evidently individuals left in this world that he, whose hearts desire to know him, and God wants to reveal himself to them. Acts 10.35 says, But in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted by him. Three main points. The first being, God's eyes runs throughout the earth. Proverbs 15.3 says, The eyes of the Lord is in every place, beholding the evil and the good. Brother Eric was, was talking about Ray, uh, uh, Zacharias today. That was good and that was evil in him. That was good and evil in Rahab. 
in Paul, who was persecuting the churches, that was good and bad in him. In Moses, who killed the Egyptian, good and bad in him. In Goody Two Shoes Joseph, good and bad in him also. So he sees the evil in both the good, he sees evil in us, but also the good. But God is looking for this person who has the mind made up, not turning from the left to the right, not being tossed to and fro with all winds of doctrines, not intermeddling with all wisdom. Jesus said, my disciples hear my voice and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. He wants that person that his eyes, that he can guide them with his eyes to do what he wants them to do. Psalms 32, 8. But we have a problem. We're so committed to news, to politics, to sports. If you want to know where the Kansas City Chief, where uh, Taylor Swift is, just find out where the Kansas City Chiefs are playing. We're so caught up into that, into fashion, wealth. Billionaires want to become multi-billionaires. We're caught up in hunting, fishing. Our nation is clearly worshiping false gods and false altars. We fought a war to maintain freedom, but we're in bondage to the spirit of compromise and complacency. We compromise in gender, abortion, marriage, God. We bow down to politics who claim they hold the power of life and death, and they fail us. We listen to experts in the media who we seem to know more than them. And as we buy into it, we buy into it as if it's the gospel truth. We treat celebrities like God, even though we know that our God is a jealous God, we tend to treat celebrities as God. We sell our souls to entertainment, technology. It's like an all-we-can-eat buffet out there in a world of poverty and starvation. No wonder Jesus said, for what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and lose his soul? But if we did half the things that we're supposed to do as Christians, half of the junk in the streets wouldn't exist. But God is looking for us to awake to righteousness and sin not. For some have not the knowledge of God because they follow that false God of the buffet. 1 Corinthians 15.34 God wants somebody to stand in in the trenches. Like pastors have to stand in the trenches when they're confronted with truths of the Bible. They have to stand and accept that criticism when they're standing on the word of God about abortion and marriage and gender. And where do you go if you don't believe in Jesus Christ? He's looking for, for, for pastors like that or people like that. I remember we had a basketball ministry at the Southern Church, and there was some criticism of the guys not coming to the church or uh, not becoming members, not getting saved. But they're hearing the gospel there for the devotion and the use of the gym, the use of the air condition. Criticism. You have to stand and continue to do what God wants you to do. 
we think about our men's group. When I first started coming here on Thursday nights with Brother Bob, it was about six to eight people. Every Thursday, it begins to dwindle away, dwindle away. We begin to get criticism of the format that, that we were using. So we talked to some of them to adjust it, make it to their liking. Still didn't work. So we got down to only, only two people. Well, yeah, Bob and I, and then uh, uh, Wayne. So it'd be two to three people on uh, every Tuesday. But sometimes we have to do like Nehemiah did, and what Nehemiah said. When he said, it's not good for us to let the enemies or even compromising believers to sidetrack us from the, into unnecessary activities and arguments. It's, it's not for us to let them distract us from what the work of God that he wants us to do. Because praises, they come. Praises and criticism come and go. But pleasing God is all that matters. Amen. God wants laymen, yeah. Christians, yeah. people of God that believe in the true God to call onto this world from this buffet to wake up. Yes. And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of the sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Yes. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Romans 13, 11, and 12. We have wars going on everywhere. World war, state wars, civil wars, city wars, neighborhood wars, families, and we entertain ourselves in this buffet. God is looking for that person with courage and boldness. And his eyes was on the prophet Elijah, who said, if the Lord be your God, follow him. First Kings 18.21. He's not known for any book, only his deeds. He never faced a challenge that he didn't think God had the answer for it. He did not blend in with the Christian type groups. He stood up to politicians, sects, and unbelievers. His life was characterized by a burning desire to see his people return to the one true God. And by the way, his name means Jehovah God. His name is not on the pages of the New His name is on the pages of the New Testament more than any other Old Testament prophet represented the prophet on the Mount of Transfiguration, Matthew 17, 11. When Jesus asked, who do men say that I am? Matthew 16, 13, and 14. Just a man sold out to God. And that's what God's eyes are looking for. He was a man with courage to tell the wicked king Ahab, standing in his presence now, and attacking Baal, the fertility god, yeah. whom they depended on to provide rain for them. He says, in your presence, I stand. There will be no more dew, nor rain, until I command so. First Kings 17.11. Then now the courage to go back to him and tell him, guess what? Here comes some rain. He's looking for a man. Elijah was a man with boldness to tell the king to bring it on. Go get your 450 prophets of Baal, 
and the 400 that eats at Jezebel table and bring them to Mount Carmel. Bring, bring all that you, all that eat at Jezebel's table and who parties with her, who goes to the football games on Sundays with her, who go fishing and hunting with her, bring them all to the festivity at uh, Mount Carmel. First King 18, 19. Elijah was a man with power. Just to say, go, he asked no questions. God told him to go to Ahab about the rain. He told him to go to the brook before the Jordan, and I will send ravens to feed you. He said, go to Zarephath, where a woman will provide for you. Go back to Ahab, who has been looking for him, to tell him the rain is coming. Then he tells him to go back to the wilderness of Damascus. 1 Kings 19.15 This is our example of Elijah to just go. If he says go, just go with it. There's a need at the church, in ministry, in the choir. I, I talked to one brother about uh, he would like to get started back. Uh, Ursha's here at the church. Greeters, yeah. teachers, cleaning people, singing, the sound booth. Missions committee, finance committee, trustees. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should, after receiving inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whether he went. We have an inheritance, inheritance too. So we should just go. If you feel God has called you. If there's a ministry here in your heart that's just burning your heart and you've earnestly prayed, to God and, 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 and given the, the uh, approval of the church, then act on it. Be like Elijah. Then go. I mean, then just do it. Somewhere here at church, you feel led by God to do something, to start something. You know, we can easily be average but we want to be exceptional doing God's work. Amen. Number two, God shows himself strong to Elijah. And we'll know when God shows himself strong to us because there be things we can't really just explain. Because we know he is a strong Lord, Psalms 89.8. But God showed himself strong to Elijah in the time of despair and hunger. With the woman with the barrel of meals, uh, barrel of meal, yeah. and she said, "As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering a stick, two sticks, that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die." Now the woman knew that the Lord was Elijah's God. But Elijah wanted her to put her trust in God so God could show himself strong. He didn't know how God was going to do it. But again, his name is Jehovah is God. And verse 
12 through 15, 1 Kings 17, and the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the crews of oil. And by faith, they ate for many days after that. God showed himself strong in behalf of Elijah at a time of death. When Elijah raised the woman's son, the woman thinking that because of her sins in her life, that's why the Lord was, her son was dying. But seeing her son revived confirmed her faith in the Lord as the true God. As he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come into him again. And the Lord heard Elijah's voice, and the soul of the child came into him again, and he was revived. God showed himself strong in behalf of Elijah. Then there was a time for God to really show off. He showed himself strong in defeating the prophets of Baal by seeing who could get the fire started and who couldn't. God allowed his people to see them cutting themselves because they, they, they built a fire and Elijah had his fire. And I'm thinking you all maybe know this story, but they both have fires. And uh, who can, who, I mean, not a fire, but a little pit. And if, who can get it started? Yeah. So God's going to show himself strong and let his people see this. Well, after so many hours and hours, they couldn't get it started. And uh, they began to cut themselves and chanting and shouting and nothing happened. So, of course, you know, Elijah's kind of mocking them and teasing them. You know, where's your God? What happened? Is he asleep? Uh, where did he go? Did he take a vacation? It begins to get dark. Now, I'm kind of happy living here, but this is probably the first 4th of July festival Israel has probably ever seen. It's dark, and fireworks begin, fire begins to come down from the skies. They got their Wagyu steaks on the barbecue pit. They can't get theirs going, and all of a sudden there's a just steaming because God has lit the fire, fire coming down from heaven. God showed himself strong and <clears throat> and then they fell on their faces and said the Lord, he is God. <clears throat> then he shows himself strong in those 850 prophets Elijah kills them all. God shows himself strong and he also showed himself strong in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's most importantly. Point three. God is looking for that heart that is perfect towards him. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. A clean heart, a clear heart, a pure heart. We must give back that old heart that we have and get the heart that desires what God wants. David said, wash me thoroughly and create in me a clean heart. Psalms 51, 2 and 10. David wanted that new, perfect heart so that he could see God. David saw beyond healing and cleansing. He needed a new heart because that old one had led him astray. 
That old one tends to lead us astray too. That's why the Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, Jeremiah 17, 9. But if you get a new heart, we have to keep that new heart pure. It must, we must be on our knees daily in prayer. Just like an athlete training every day or working out every day, that pure heart needs to be engulfed with daily prayer. Because for out of the mouth, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak it. A good man out of the good treasures of the heart bringeth forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasures bringeth forth evil things. And we can easily get our treasures twisted like David did, especially if we get caught up in this buffet-type world we live in. We must stay in prayer. Elijah prayed that it wouldn't rain, and it didn't. Elijah prayed fire would fall, and it did. Elijah prayed it would rain again, and it poured. He prayed that they would turn back to you. That was Elijah's prayer. Elijah prayed three times for the boy to be revised. Three separate times. And God revised him. At the high point of his life came a result of effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availed much. Elijah was a man subject to like passion as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain and it rained not on the earth by a space of three years and six months. He prayed again and the heavens gave rain and the earth brought forth fruit. James 5, 16, and 18. I think there's four elements to Elijah's character. I think there's faith, courage, integrity, and prayer. It took the faith when God said the widow would sustain you, would sustain both of you, and the meal and the all never ran out. It took the courage for him to stand in front of King Ahab. Because Ahab was one of those kings that he didn't like bad news coming to him. He's going to kill you. And he had the courage to go before him. His integrity to listen to God when God says go, that means go. And prayer Staying engulfed in prayer to keep that heart perfect, reviving the widow's son. Praying over and over and over. That's the type of heart we should have. That's devoted without reservations to our ways. Like staying home and watch the basketball game. Having the integrity to forsake our ways when it conflicts with God's ways. Being complete, mature, faultless, dedicated, sincere, and being pure in our motives. Because if the motive is not right, well, then it's not pleasing to God. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes. But God ponders the heart. Proverbs 21, 2. 
a pure heart that desires nothing more than to be with God. Similar to what Pastor Darren was preaching on this morning, walking with God. And when you challenge yourself, I have to say, I, I, I fail. But God is merciful. Amen. And we have second chances. Yes. But a pure heart that desires being, being with God. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand out in the way of sinners, nor sit at the seat of scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and do he meditate day and night. And he should be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters that bringeth forth his fruit in this season, and his leaves also should never wither. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Psalms 1, 1 through 3. And really, that is all our life should be about. You know, God warned the Israelites through Moses that unfaithfulness to God's covenant would cause his judgment to fall on them. You think they listen? Not keeping their hearts pure. He says, take heed to yourself that your heart be not deceived and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. Well, they did. And then the Lord's wrath be kindled against you and he shut up the heavens that there be no rain and that the land yield not her fruit. At least ye perish quickly from off the good land which the Lord giveth you. And here's the heart check. Therefore, shall you lay up these words in your heart and in your soul and bind them for a sign upon your hand that they may be a frontlet between your eyes. Deuteronomy 11, 16 through 18. Keeping our heart pure. Circumcise, therefore, the foreskin of your heart and be not more stiff-necked. Deuteronomy 10, 16. Be not like the chosen people of God, like they did, being a stiff neck. Then Elijah asked him, Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long shall there be between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. If Baal be, follow him. And the people answered him not a word. Hopefully we don't follow what the Israelites did. Who will we follow? This world of the buffet, which can be very entertaining, but what does it profit a man? Or are we going to follow God? Let us be obedient and walk in his way and answer yes, we will follow you. Let God show himself strong here at Northwest. You know, as God walks up and down the aisle here or through the pews and his eyes are looking for that person who's strong, who has courage, and whose heart is bent towards him, that he can show himself strong. In that men's group, we got down to two people, and Bob and I talked about it and prayed about it. 
and we knew we were doing what God would want us to do, God showed himself strong. I think we had six people last Thursday Amen. that's committed to coming. I mean, God wants to show himself strong in a lot of different ways. It doesn't have to be major, but fire coming down from heaven. But little small, subtle things. I see where the women wants to start uh, a women's group. And I, I, I know my wife probably didn't want me to, to say this, but she had been praying on that for a, a while. And I wouldn't say anything because she had done something like that at Berean. So to me, it was a no-brainer. Well, I got to ask Pastor Darren. I got to see if they want to do it. I need to call Melissa, but Melissa is having a baby. She's real tired. Just kind of, not procrastination, but it's on your heart. Yeah. And then we walk in today and hear two women starting it up. It doesn't matter who started up. Right. But God wants to show himself strong on those hearts that's perfect towards him. God used one man to show himself strong. But we are one body here in Northwest. Yes. And that verse is on behalf of them who hearts are perfect towards him. That them is all of us. God wants to show himself strong. Since our hearts are perfect towards him, and the eyes of the Lord goes up and down these aisles, where are the Elijahs? or the Elijahs for women Amen. in the pews. Who's ready to display faith, courage, integrity, and prayer? Who stands in the midst of this world of a buffet? If God puts something on your heart, a ministry or a work here at church, especially, or abroad, be like the Nike commercial. Whether you like Nike or not, just do it. Amen. Just go do it. He wants to show himself strong through us to be the hands and the feet of Jesus in the presence of them who have not met him and to this world. His eyes are beholding the good and the evil. And... Uh, for the person that don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, he really wants to show himself strong in your life with the gospel of Jesus Christ. How you can go from, you can be quickened from death to life so that your heart may be perfect towards him. And you can be like Elijah, perfect in good work. Hebrews 13, 21. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, just thank you for this time, Lord, and I just, just pray that uh, everything we do be pleasing to you. Help us to, to walk more with you. Help us to pray and keep our heart bent towards you yes. so, Lord, we can see the things that you're doing in our lives and that we can be faithful to you. Lord, we know your eyes are going through in this whole world. It's for us to share the message to this lost world. 
this world of just a buffet of just so many things to do. Lord, give us the strength. Continue to bless Northwest, which you have been so far already, Lord. We just ask you to continue it. You, you bless us with new members. You bless us with the mission work that we do here. You bless us with the pastor and his family. We thank you for all those things, and you show yourself strong. We ask you to continue it. But, Lord, help us to be mindful. Help us to be on our knees daily praying. And help us to be bold for you and do your work. Lord, we thank you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.